Log Talk Radio. Get ready, get ready! This is the Buffalo Down Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icor and Alex Jones. And we got And welcome back to another edition of the Buffalo Down Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. And Alex, we haven't talked in quite some time. How are things in the Empire State tonight? Let's try this again here. Again, Alex Jones on the line here on the uh, Buffalo Down Draft House podcast here. Uh, regardless of where we are, we're so happy that you can be with us here on this Wednesday night. Brad the Bruiser Icorn, and uh, looks like we got Alex Jones. Alex, how are things in the Empire State tonight? Oh, it's a beautiful night. It was really, really, uh, real toasty here earlier in the day, but it's turned into a pretty good day. Define toasty. Uh, I was up in the, uh, I'd say, a high, pretty good high, uh, like a 60-70% humidity. What, what was the high? Uh, I think it was 88, maybe up in the 90s. Okay, I have no sympathy here. It was it was 100 <laughs> degrees in Texas today, so. <laughs> All right, what, was so. The, what was the humidity for you? Unbearable. My car said it was 113, so probably in oh, that well. ball range here. So glad you could be joining us here on a Wednesday night here. This will be our new uh, weekly spot here, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. And I don't know about you, Alex, but I've had the training camp itch for some time here, and it's really picking up some steam. Yeah, I honestly can't wait. I'm so excited for training camp to start and to get everything going. Um, You know, it's going to be interesting to see how – uh, McDermott runs his camps and just how in general the team runs um, because camp reveals a lot about how a coach is going to run his team yep and I you know I it, it's hard to see you know I, I think a style so much you know you hear from Rex Ryan every day after practice and stuff like that and you get the then Rex Ryan but I think just watching camp and stuff like that I don't know for me I think it's harder to pick it out we'll see you know how drills and stuff like that going everything like that but uh um i expect uh, a lot more business at least coming out of the uh post practice pressers with rex ryan yeah and i well the thing is too with how you uh, really can judge how a coach interacts with players is um you know how do they interact with the guys in between drills when they're just talking you know you can see a lot about a coach's character uh how they interact with players you know whenever rex was around a drill he would be joking and laughing and you know messing around with the guys and i think mcdermott's gonna be a little more business-like but i think he's also it's not fun loving it's more like you know this is a serious thing but let's have fun while doing this serious thing Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be uh, a combination of both here. Uh, we we had so much, you know, jovialness out of uh, Rex Ryan that I think it's going to be a lot more business. But I think we're still going to see guys out there having fun and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, right now, um, 
other than Adolphus Washington getting arrested, which was dumb, um, he, there's no reason he needed to show the officers his firearm when he was at the uh, Cincinnati Amusement Park. Regardless, uh, you know, we're, we're hearing less of off-the-field stuff like that, and I wonder if that comes at all with any type of bi- discipline uh, that's been instilled here by uh, Sean McDermott. Yeah, and I think it was a lot of times, too, getting uh, some veteran leadership other than Kyle Williams or Eric Woods. Now you got a four or five core guys in there. Uh, Richie's incognito seems like he's really picked up uh, his um, his leadership role, as well as uh, Lorenzo Alexander. Both of those guys seem like they've taken on, and Tyrod himself, seems like they've taken on a role, which gives the guys um, who are veterans in the locker room a really good shot to, uh, you know, to, to sort of, yeah, and I, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, you mentioned Lorenzo Alexander. You know, he wasn't expected going into last season to even do anything, and now we're talking about him, you know, being a leader on this team. Tyrod was just some quarterback that they signed in the offseason two years ago, and now, you know, he's going in his third year as a starter. So, uh, you know, it's always fun just over time to see the evolution and just looking back and how things were like that. That Yeah, you're right. There are a lot more leaders on this team than, you know, just the, the Kyle Williams and what have you. And yeah, and I think that's another key part. You know, it was a really young team when Rex took over. And I don't know if you heard what Richie said uh, on uh, the Net- NFL Network. He he was he still likes and has a lot of love for Rex Ryan, but he just didn't think the locker room was ready for what Rex had. You know, if they had been a more veteran group, uh, the Bills were ostensibly a very, very young team. You know, you'll look at a lot of the starting positions. Aaron Williams, a six-year vet, which isn't a lot of time in the NFL. Uh, Gilmore still on his rookie deal. Darby still on his rookie deal. Preston Brown still on his rookie deal. Darius was still on his rookie deal. Jerry Hughes was still on his rookie deal. And then you go to the offensive side, and there's a ton of guys who weren't true veterans of the game. So I, I think that McDermott's going to be good. He's going to be a very calming influence on the locker room. And I think also he puts guys, uh, empowers his leaders. And even if it's a minor leader, like the leader of the guards or the leader of the defensive tackles, he empowers those guys to be strong leaders and to really have some sway in the locker room. Whereas I think Rex sort of allowed it to be sort of a wild, wild west attitude in there. Sort of as, you know, McDermott's sending a very clear message. It's this is a you are working. This is your job treated as such. Whereas Rex was more about the, you know, let's have some fun community atmosphere. Yep, I, I agree with just about everything you say out there. Um, granted, it was fun just to be on the outside and looking at a Rex Ryan because we'd never seen any type of media attention generated by a head coach to have a head coach with a personality. But as much as I enjoyed Rex and I enjoyed the intent, the attention that my team got, uh, when it comes back to it, you know, I just want a winning franchise here. And right now, I, I, I believe that they have the leadership now that they can get them on that path. It may not be this year, may not be next year, may not be for a couple years, but I think they finally have the pieces. I'm interested to see what kind of acquisitions Brandon Bean is going to make uh, since coming in at general manager. And uh, I just retweeted uh, what you put out the other day uh, to the Carolina Panthers. No takesy backsies here as uh, uh, the, uh, the guy above Brandon Bean just let go 
Yeah, Gettleman there in uh, Carolina. So uh, right now, I, I so far, I, I like what they've done here on take two of instilling their own coach. And by they, I mean the Pagulas. Yeah, and a uh, big thing, too, is that, um, you know, the Pagulas want the change across the board. Um, I, I honestly think that the reason why they brought in so many people was because they saw what Sean wanted and they were like, you know what, we can either we can do a whole regime change um, and really, really uh, get the whole culture shifted. And I, I get it. I was a big Doug Whaley fan. I'll be honest, I really was. I thought, you know, he did good work. I, I thought he was a good talent evaluator. Um, I thought he did some very shrewd deals at picking up good free agents who were very serviceable. Um, and so, you know, I was disappointed to see Doug Whaley go, but I, I like what Brandon Bean, where he comes from, and it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Uh, speaking of what happens going forward, uh, we've talked about some, some guys, uh, and this was during the offseason here, uh, that, you know, their ties with the Bills were severed, i.e. Corey Graham, Aaron Williams, um, I wouldn't be shocked to see some of these guys come back in during training camp when we see some of these injuries happen, even closer as we progress into the season and into preseason. Yeah, and I, I think also just going back to the treble thing, I think there's a lot of guys who, uh, you know, on this team, I think we got rid of some of the guys who may have caused issues, or a lot of those guys may have worked through their demons, um, you know, in the past years and sort of said, you know what, I, I, I messed up. I'm on the right track. I'm going to get back to, you know, back to the uh, sort of uh, straight and narrow. Yep, I agree here. And uh, so far, one of the guys we've seen that out of is Marcel Darius, who I, for some reason, I think that going back to the 4-3, Darius will flourish as he did under the, you know, the one year Jim Schwartz's defense. And I think uh, this is going to be a big year for Marcel Darius, uh, both on and off the field. So far, no suspensions to note of. I know it came up during training camp last year. We'll cross our fingers and hope, uh, you know, our big number 99 is on his best behavior. But right now, I have high expectations for Marcel Darius, meaning that should he have any missteps like he did, you know, the last couple off-seasons in training camps here, that means I'm going to be very disappointed. Yeah, and the thing is, is that with Darius, he's he. I think he was, to be honest, he was dealing with a lot of issues personally. Um, I, of course, no knowledge of it, but with his brother's death, that that's really hard to deal with. And I think sometimes people compound things until they spiral completely out of control. And I think, you know, with Coach McDermott and there's sort of a support staff now. Before there really wasn't anyone there, you know, to catch players. But I think not in catch in the sense of like, oh, we got you in the sense of like, hey, listen, there's somebody behind you. If you need anything, come talk to us. Uh, and I think the defensive line coach, Mike Waffle, will be a great addition to the staff. He seems like a tough, no-nonsense guy, but also someone uh, who's who you can go talk to, who's there for you, not only as a player, but as a person. This is the Buffalo Down Draft House podcast. Brad the Bruiser, Icorn, Alex Jones. Uh, hit us both on Twitter at St. Alex Jones. Hit me up at Bill's Bruiser. Also hit up the uh, website here at Buffalo Down. Read our work at Facebook.com slash Buffalo Down or, of course, BuffaloDown.com. So uh, we get closer towards the season here. Uh, and as camp enters, we got some position battles going on. 
the first one is wide receiver. And with the uh, departure of Robert Woods and, of course, Marquise Goodwin, who is the number two? Do you really think it's this young kid out of East Carolina and Zay Jones? Uh, you know what? I think that'll be one of my favorite position battles to watch. Andre Holmes could make a run at that spot. Another guy who couldn't possibly make a run at that spot other than Zay Jones is Philly Brown, a veteran receiver who had a phenomenal playoffs as uh, the Panthers went to the playoffs in the 2015 season. But to be honest, wide receiver is going to be a fun one. I think it's Zay Jones headed into camp. Uh, but, you know, if I and if I've forgotten anybody, please forgive me. But I, I think Zay Jones is my favorite personally. Um, but, you know, it would be a lot of fun to see who comes out of camp as the number two. What about Brandon Tate, a guy that we mainly saw in special teams? But, you know, we, we saw a little bit of brilliance here and there when he was plugged into wideout. Uh, does he have a chance to compete for maybe a three or four spot receiver? Uh, you know, that I think so. And I think also if Tate can return the way he does, um, you know, because honestly, I think he was like fourth in total yards last year and third in punt return yards um, average. I, he was he was doing pretty well. So I think that that's probably, a, you know, he's a fair assumption. If his kick returning is up to par where it's been and he can add a little bit in the catch game. One guy I'm interested in who's going to serve out a four-game suspension, but still somebody who was talked about having a great offseason, Walt Powell. Um, you know, he's a number four, number five receiver. He's facing a four-game suspension um, for taking a substance he didn't know was illegal, which, although I, a lot of people go, how could you do that? But to be honest, in their locker room, they have the list of all the substances that aren't allowed. That list takes up about, I'd say, four to five feet of wall. And some of the names are, it's the scientific names. So to be honest, it, it can be at times easy to take something that's on the banned list. But so he's another guy who has, um, you know, ha if he puts up a good camp, could grab a roster spot and then it wouldn't count for the first four games of the season. While we continue our conversation here on the BuffaloDown.com podcast, I want to remind our listeners that if you want to join the conversation, you can actually call in 713-955-0633. Uh, the other position battle that I'm looking at this year is actually who's going to be starting at right tackle this year. Um, because, uh, you know, I, I think uh, with Deion Dawkins coming in, I, I, I think he definitely has the potential to go ahead and start at that. Uh, coming in his first year in the NFL. Yeah, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. That's another position battle, right tackle. Uh, Jordan Mills apparently had a very good offseason. Um, but our offensive line, which has been one of our strongest positions uh, across the board for the past few years, now is looking even stronger. Vlad Dukas has been playing really well at right guard as well as John Miller. Um, right tackle is... is um, uh, Dawkins and um, the other guy who started for us last year, Steph, uh, Mills. Uh, and so I think there's a lot of guys who could possibly, um, you know, go for, for that right tackle position. Um, it'll, but it'll definitely be very interesting to see. I, I like Dawkins. I think he's a strong guy. He's got fast feet. Um, but I think they're eventually grooming him to take over Cordy's spot once Cordy ages out of the league. So it, it'll be interesting to see where they end up having play. At this time, we'll go ahead and take a quick break. Like we said, you are welcome to join the podcast here uh, at 713-955-0633. 
More thoughts here. Tyrod entering his third season at Starter. Is this the time where third time will be a charm? We'll talk that more. This is the Buffalo Down Draft House Podcast. Do you want to create a podcast but no... Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Company Computer Guy. Mr. Company Computer Guy. You are the ruler of the RAM, the guru of the gigabyte, the monster of the memory. Show me the way. When we screw up the boot up, you are there. Without you, computers would megabyte. megabyte. The countless hours we spend surfing the internet and accidentally stumbling upon porn sites would instead be spent working. working for the man. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Mr. Company Computer Guy. For it's you who keeps our logons logging and our hard drives hard. Light beer at Isaac Bush, St. Louis, Missouri. This is the Buffalo Down Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icor and Alex Jones. Back on the Buffalo Down Draft House Podcast, Brad the Bruiser Icorn, Alex Jones here on a Wednesday night. As we get set for training camp coming up next week at St. John Fisher College up in good old Rochester, just up the road from beloved Buffalo, New York, as the Bills get set for another season and look to end the drought here. And uh, I'd like to refrain as much as possible from talking about the playoff drought here. But, uh, you know, with, with, you know, tightening things up and growing some of our veteran leadership, you know, it's a question you pose every year. Is this time that we could end it? I think it's it's possible here. But with, you know, some strong foes in the division, i.e. New England, and maybe you could, you know, mechanical pencil in uh, the Miami Dolphins here. Uh, I mean, the conference is tough this year. The schedule isn't favorable. But uh, like, like we've said, you know, between the players and management and the coaching staff they brought in here, um, I think there's more of a chance now to get out of this playoff drought than there was under the previous regime. Yeah, I do too. I, I think that there's, you know, we're really tentative with our hope, um, but I, I feel, I don't know, not confident is the right word, but um, more excited than any other year. You know, I, I think that it's going to be a good year for the Bills, even if it's not a record year, like our record isn't, I think they're going to play tight games, and I think they're going to really fight, you know, some tough teams. Yes. Yep. I uh, I agree completely. I, I've been looking over the schedule the past couple days, and I just absolutely hate it this year. Uh, it's unlike years past, and it's not that I'm not excited for the season. I I just don't like the way things are, are stacked up this year. Um I am excited, though, however. Uh, you, you have your season tickets again this year, right? Correct. All right. Well, I don't have season tickets because I live in Texas, but I am coming up for December 17th versus Miami. Um, so I am excited for that uh, just because that's always a fun game 
you know, close to Christmas time, it's cold out, um, and, uh, you know, they, they really should have won that game last year. I, Dan Carpenter isn't part of the team uh, anymore here. And uh, you know what? I never even thought about bringing that up here, but going into training camp, Colton Schmidt still at the punter position, but uh, with our new kicker here and Steven Hauschka, I, I, I really think uh, that... You know, I, I almost cringed every time that Carpenter came on the field last year, and I liked him, but he had burnt out by last year, and I think uh, uh, some of the changes just in special team itself uh, I think are something that I'm actually excited for going into camp this year. Yeah, and to be honest, also, I think that this year, uh, another guy to walk camp is Austin Rakow. Uh He's an undrafted free agent out of Idaho, and he had been tearing it up in both kicking field goals and punting uh, during the preseason stuff. So that'll be another fun battle to watch is the battle for punter and kicker. Um, because if Rakow can do both, you could save, uh, you could have him do kickoffs and punting and then have, uh, do, uh, have, keep um, the guy from Seattle for Hauschka for just field goals, which would be nice. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um... Just like you said, another one of the exciting position battles. We talked about wide receiver. We talked about right tackle here. Let's talk a little bit at quarterback. And, I, you know, there's no competition for the starter this year, without question, Tyrod Taylor. But the question is, when it comes down to who remains on this roster, the consensus right now, as it seems, is T.J. Yates will be the number two. Does Card Jones stay on this team? Does Nathan Peterman beat him out? I think that if Cardell Jones shows how shows some promise in training camp, they may go into the season with four quarterbacks. Because the thing is, if you put Cardell Jones on the practice side, somebody's going to scoop him up. Someone who has an extra roster spot, like the Patriots, uh, is going to scoop him up because Cardell Jones is has the physical gifts to be a good quarterback. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see if if Cardell Jones can show promise. He can definitely be. He can definitely. I think he has a roster spot. But uh, you know, the the thing is, the Bills are in a tough spot because they have a good veteran T.J. Yates, Todd starter, and then you have two young guys who could be, you know, who could be the quarterbacks of tomorrow. Um, and then you have two, you know, free first round picks this year. Um, but so I think it'll be interesting to see um, what happens in camp with Peterman and with Cardell Jones. And right now, I mean, from the draft through minicamp here, everyone's been pretty high on Nathan Peterman. I don't know. I don't know what it is about this kid, but I'm just kind of rooting for him. Um, even though in the back of the mind, I'm pretty sure that they're going to use their two first-round picks to trade up and get a quarterback. I mean, maybe that won't happen here, but that's that's what's in the back of the mind. That's what I think is going to happen here at this point. But right now... Um, like you said about Cardell Jones, there's no question. Uh, his physical talents are well far above a lot of quarterbacks here, but um, it's just, you know, he's a project. It's piecing everything together. And, you know, we've, we've said it before. It's like E.J. Manuel that he was a project, and I've heard a lot of people say, and I tend to agree, that, you know, he wasn't handled correctly here, and maybe that's what they're trying to do with Cardell Jones is not rush him out of the field. I don't know about four quarterbacks. That sounds like a stretch to me. But when it comes down to who I like, um, I, th I think Yates and Tyrod, obviously, uh, 
both having played an offensive coordinator, Rick Dennison system, i.e. in Baltimore and uh, quarterbacks coach, but really in Houston for TJ Yates. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I th- I'm interested in the, in the, uh, the Peterman and uh, Cardo Jones battle. Yeah, I think that'll be a fun battle to watch. Um, Peterman and Car- Peterman's been a set off, which is, you know, in all honesty, something that happens with a rookie quarter. You know, rookie quarterbacks coming from the college. Uh, I-, I think he could be a steal, though. I mean, to be honest, it seems like our team's interested in investing some low risk but high reward. Because if Cardell Jones doesn't become anything, then we invested a late fourth, a competent, just compet- fourth round pick and Peterman was a fifth round pick so you know what it, it, I'm fine with uh, you know just taking a chance on a few guys in the later rounds uh, but you know uh, it, it'll be fun to see I think Peterman will probably be the better of the two he has more command he has more um, you know he's a more ready quarterback a pro ready quarterback however I think that Cardell Jones is raw you know it sort of the thing that happened between Cardell and J.T. Barrett, Barrett was the more commanding in the pocket, had a little more command of the ball. Cardell, though, is just a freak athlete, things that you can't teach. You know, the ability to throw a ball 70 yards and with no follow-through. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see which wins out in Cape. This is the BuffaloDown.com podcast. Brad the Bridge, right? Corn and Alex Jones here. So we get you set for Bill's training camp coming up next week, St. John's Fisher College. Tweet me at Bill's Bruiser. Tweet him at St. Alex Jones. And uh, let's segue into the quarterback and the starting quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. Third year at the helm for the Bills. Decent numbers, but I think we can see better out of him. And the thing I heard harped on last year, and I'll continue to probably hear harp this year, is his inability to throw over the middle and wonder if this is where he makes the transition. If he, uh, you know, looks to find, you know, Charles Clay, a guy that the Bills have invested a lot of money in there, what we see out of Tyrod, and I think we're still going to see a lot of the magic that he brings you with his legs and with his feet, um, because I mean, he's the way he can run the football, he's spectacular, and he's not a guy that can be overlooked, especially you know when you have other prime offensive weapons uh, like Shady McCoy, and then uh, if he's healthy, Sammy Watkins. But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, just two years ago, we didn't even know who our starting quarterback was going to be. Tyrod emerged, uh, you know, a Pro Bowl reserve two years in a row. Um, not outstanding numbers in year two as a starter, but, you know, pretty sound numbers. He limits his interceptions here, but I'm wondering if to see if they allow him to throw more, allow him to take more risks, um, or if they, you know, almost completely rely on the ground game this year here uh, putting a lot of pressure on Shady McCoy's shoulders. Well, the thing is with Dennison's offense, is a lot of to sort of build up on it, it, it's meant to build up the passing game through the running game similar to Roman, but not a, it, it's different and similar because of the high zone concepts you get a lot of flow going in directions of the run game, which allows uh Pele action fakes and a lot of different movement things. So you, Tyrod throwing across the middle isn't going to be as big of an issue because they're going to be doing things to get Tyrod out of the pocket um, and to get sort of 
Aaron Rodgers was another good one at this. Aaron Rodgers gets outside the pocket, does a lot of role plays and a lot of things to get himself because then it gives him the whole field to look at rather than being stuck and, okay, I got to look through the helmets of my um, linemen. Now I have a whole field of vision. Um, and so I think that the Bills will, I think there's going to be an uptick in passing this year. I think Tyrod's numbers, and to be honest, Tyrod's numbers, even though they weren't, you know, like what, even though they're not Tom Brady numbers, they still were pretty they, top 15 quarterback, top 10 quarterback in the league because he doesn't turn the ball over. He's accurate on the deep ball and he does a lot of good things. He always, um, I saw, I think it was by Joe Goodberry. He did a, a study of Tyrod Taylor. And the thing about him was he always keeps his eyes downfield when he's on a scramble drill, when he's doing anything, He's keeping his eyes downfield, locked in, seeing everything that's going on down there. Um, and that's, uh, I think it was, uh, he, he that's the mark of a good quarterback, is that when you're even in a scramble drill, instead of what Mike Vick used to do, tuck his eyes down and start running, he um, is constantly looking for a target for the ball. And one of the great plays you can see on that, it's the Seattle uh, play, which was the fourth down. Pocket breaks down. He gets outside, and as he's rolling out, he sees where Woods is going to be. And as he rolls, he finally hits Woods. And I think if we start exploiting that, that Tyrod will be a much more successful quarterback, and that his numbers will go up. And you know, I, I've seen that type of play out of Tyrod Taylor since he was in college. Uh, when I was a grad student at University of Nebraska, we had a home and home with Virginia Tech, and the first time they were in Lincoln. And just watching him run around, but keep his eyes downfield and pick up receivers was almost disgusting at that point. Virginia Tech dominated in Blacksburg, sitting in my buddy's apartment. Looks like Nebraska is going to win. Tyrod Taylor screaming around. Looks like we got him sacked. Keeps his eyes downfield, finds a receiver, and they take it all the way to the house. And Nebraska loses the game. I mean, you know, I, when I saw him. I would have never imagined that he would be playing for my team. I thought he his skills were beyond valuable, but because of his size, because he's not the biggest guy out there, I think officially he's only listed at six foot one. I, I had questions if he would be, you know, uh, you know, capable of being an NFL quarterback. There, There's, you know, we've seen quarterbacks with height advantage, uh, disadvantages, i.e., Doug Flutie. You know, someone making the NFL, but it's not always probable here. But uh, no doubt that he's a, a very smart, mature football player, and a guy who, you know, starting out, he was just a student of the game, and that's exactly what you want. That he was behind Joe Flacco, and he completely, you know, tried to take everything they gave him. And Rex Ryan gave him the opportunity to go ahead and be. You know, uh, a, a chance to start, and here we are in year three. I have really high hopes. I'm a sucker, like I said. I've loved the guy since I saw him play back in my days in grad school in Nebraska. That, um, yeah, I, I, I really hope this is the year for Tyrod. I'm not going to say it's going to be. I'm not going to make any bold pre predictions. But as a self-proclaimed Tyrod optimist, I'm really, really hopeful that he continues to progress. His numbers are clean, but I think this is where he really needs to build, and that's what I truly hope as a Bills fan, as a Tyrod fan, as a fan of the quarterback position, that's what I hope happens this year in Western New York. Yeah, that's the thing, is that I think uh, I think 
what all is well. I don't know. Some Bills fans, I feel like, just root for the negativity. They feed off it um, <laughs> like some sort of it's negative parasite. No, everything's going to go. And to be fair, when I was watching the Super Bowl, I was sitting on the couch, and my mom and I both looked at each other. We were like, oh, Patriots are going to win. Yeah, my me dad, too. What are you guys talking about? What do you get? What, how can it? I'm like, Patriots are going to win. They're going to come back. Yep. going to go into overtime. They're going to win. Yep. Same thing. And, yep. They came back. They went in over. Bill, uh, but all right, let's not get too off track. Uh, I I think that uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of optimism for Tyrod Taylor, and I think that in this system, it sets up. If you do like look at anything, um, Cover One, if you can look it up, Cover One does fantastic st- film study. You can learn a ton about football by checking out their Twitter. Um, it honestly is a you can you can see a lot in Dennison's system. He likes to create room. And he likes to create, even when, um, you know, separation between the quarterback and the line of scrimmage, so that even if a guy breaks through, an athletic quarterback can get out the way and get basically a wide window of operation. We've we've focused a lot this week on offense, so I just want to just steer just a little bit. I know it wasn't on our rundown here, but talk a little bit about the defense that I love Leslie Frazier. I thought he got a raw deal in Minnesota. Um, I thought he deserved more time. And remember, this was a guy who was a candidate for the Bills head coaching position uh, back when they actually hired Chan Gailey. That I, I think Leslie Frazier is going to do good things on this defense. I read something the other day that, you know, he wants a lot of speed out there. That, you know, I want good things out of this offense, but I'm actually excited about what's going to happen on uh, defense this year. Uh, picking up Hyde out of Green Bay, I absolutely love. That was by far among, well, that was probably the best free agent signing the Bills had this year, picking up Hyde in free agency, um, and then uh, picking up Tredavious White in the first round, trading down wisely, getting another first round pick, and picking a guy who I think several teams were hoping would fall to them. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this Bills defense here that I think we're going to see drastic improvement, especially after last year, because let's face it, Rob Ryan was what led to the demise of Rex Ryan. His defense was horse that I, I, I think we're going to see a very, very good, uh, not great, but I'd say very good Bills defense this year. Or if you want to just, you know, cautiously approach this, let's just say much improved. I completely agree. Um, and I think that this team is going to have much more discipline in defense than, uh, you know, um, Twitter, uh, just seeing things like Gilmore getting burned and him not even diving. Like, Hogan gets over the top of him, which is fine. But normally a corner gives a little effort and just lays out for You know, tries to grab his legs. Gilmore tried to trip him. Like, that was the worst part. He just tried to reach out with his foot and trip him and then turned around and started yelling at Duke Williams, who's also, I don't think he's on the team anymore. Um, But that's the thing is that this defense I think is going to be a, a little bit nastier, a little bit meaner, but I think they're going to be a much more responsible and cohesive defense. It seemed at times with Rex, it was 11 individual players on the field rather than a defensive unit. That couldn't, you know, that you hit the nail on the head right there. Absolutely. So yeah, I expect to see the unit, you know, a unit that we saw in Jim Schwartz. And it's funny when Doug Marone left, I, 
I wanted Schwartz only for continuity purposes because I wanted to keep seeing that defense because that defense under Schwartz was so much fun to watch. I mean, I wouldn't say this is going to be a Schwartz-esh defense. It's going to be, you know, its own thing. It's going to be a Leslie Frazier defense. But I still think it's going to be uh, a fun unit to watch this year, um, especially linebacker. You know, you know, Preston Brown, I think he he's poised to have a big year. I've heard he's had a really good offseason this year. Uh, but then, you know, the, the kid out of Alabama, you got to help me here. Uh, he, I, I, you know, we didn't get even see him play last year cause he got, a, he rolled his, uh, knee and, uh, had a tear there in his knee in uh, training camp, uh, out of Alabama. I should know this. Not Adolphus Washington, who was defensive tackle. Second round pick out of Alabama. Oh, uh, Cyrus Quandro. Thank you. No, 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 no. That's offensive line. I'm talking defense. Oh. Linebacker. Oh, sorry. Um, Ragland. Yes, Reggie Ragland. Yeah. So, you know, linebacker I think is going to be fun to watch this year because, uh, you know, like I said before, we didn't know that we had something, you know, brilliant out of there uh, at linebacker uh, with our pro bowler that we picked up pro bowl MVP, mind you, here in uh, Lorenzo Alexander. So I think – out of everything we have here, linebacker is going to be very fun to watch. I'm looking forward to line because I think Shaq Lawson will work much nicer playing uh, on end instead of at linebacker. But um, the linebacking core does intrigue me this year. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think, um, you know, one of the things about the linebacking core that will be so fun is with, with McDermott's 4-3 over scheme, you'll see sort of similar to the sort of similar to the 3-4, but not really um, uh, because there'll be four guys with their hand in the dirt. But I I think what'll be fun is how he can combine Preston Brown, Lorenzo Alexander, um, Gerald Hodges, the guy we just picked up from San Fran, and Ragland. Um, Because, you know, we do have a very talented group and, you know, even two, three years ago we couldn't say that. So it's really nice to see a position that's been so... Um, weak for so long becomes strong. All right, one final topic I just want to throw out there. Another one, of course, it wasn't on the rundown here. But, um, you know, I, I'm a guy who I'm big in the jerseys. You know, say what you want, wearing another name's on your back, yada, yada. I, 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 I'm a big fan of jerseys. I have, you know, of course, a Jim Kelly jersey, but I got a lot of new ones here. If you were to buy one of the new, you know, whether it be a rookie or free agent acquisition here, Alex, what's a jersey that you would be buying right now? Uh, it's either got to be Zay Jones, because Jones is my last name, which makes it super easy, because then, yes, let's sir. say Zay Jones leaves the team, I still have my last name on a jersey. They're like, oh, no, no, I, I got this after myself. That's a win-win. Yeah, exactly. Or... Uh, I got to get Deion Dawkins. I love me some offensive linemen. I've been debating a Richie Incognito jersey for the past two years. Um, I thought about getting John Miller's jersey because 76 was always the number I wore throughout football. Okay. So, I, I, but if I was going to get one of the new guys, it would either be um, Zay Jones or Deion Dawkins just because I love the way Dawkins plays, and I think he's going to be um, here for a while. And for me, I mean, Tredavious White stands out. One of my good friends down here is a hardcore LSU Saints fan, and uh, you know he 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 was just he was almost sobbing that you know the Saints 
didn't get to draft Tredavious White. He, he loved him so much, being such a hardcore Tiger fan here. And, uh, you know, being an anti-Texan living down here that, you know, I hate Texas and I hate Texas A&M and I hate Baylor and I hate just about every school except uh, TCU because, you know, we live in Fort Worth. Um, I, I I almost have to say that just because of that alone, uh, Tredavious White stands high for me, but Zay Jones is definitely up there uh, because uh, when all else fails... They say, well, Zay Jones doesn't play for the Bills. I said, this isn't, you know, his jersey. This is my co-host jersey. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good one. Final thoughts this week here, Alex? Uh, you know, one of the camp uh, battles that doesn't get talked about but should be fun is, um, and I mean, just for me personally, I love watching the offensive linemen. I want to see Vlad Dukas versus John Miller. Uh, John Miller last year had... They, the guys who went to the Pro Bowl from the offensive line said that he should have been there. Um, Miller had maybe one of the best comeback seasons, too, after his slump of the previous year. Um, so I think he would actually honestly be a fun one to see. And, uh, you know, I think Vlad Dukas has really been pushing him. He's been a solid free agency guy that we picked up that's been a really good veteran player. Well, that's going to do it for this week on the buffalodown.com or draft house or whatever you want to call it. The Buffalo Down podcast here. Brad the Brizzer, Icorn, Alex Jones. Uh, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central on Wednesday nights is going to be our slot at least for a good while here going in. And uh, looking forward to it. Are you going to make your way up to St. John Fisher at all, Alex? I, I should be up there a few times. So hopefully we can. Night hopefully we can grab a podcast right after it. That's right, and uh, you went to school up to Rochester, so jumping up there, no problem, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's only a, about, a, I think, maybe a two-hour drive to Fisher from my house, so it's not bad. Excellent, of course. We'll uh, have to meet up come uh, December 17th there in uh, Miami. Had a blast at, you know, it's a shame to say, and a uh, little bit of a tangent I'm going to go on here, but uh, for uh, someone, seconds. you know, who... Uh, Grew up outside of the Bills. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Someone who talked about, you know, living out of state, living where it was it was hard to pick up the Bills. And we I meant to talk about this earlier. Um Stefan Gilmore went out and said, you know, it's nice that my you know, my posse is gonna be able to see me on TV. You know, you know, I agree with it. You know, I, I've heard some Bills Nation get upset over that whole thing. No, I, I 100% agree. It was hard to follow the Bills, you know, back in the you know the late 90s, early 2000s. I had Shout Magazine. I had to drive around and hope that I could pick up a station from Toronto, living in Detroit. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it was hard. You know, now it's a little bit easier. you got NFL Sunday tick and stuff, but... You know, without shelling out money, it's hard to follow your team here. I share Stefan Gilmore's frustration and his joy over being able to play at a place that gets a lot of primetime games. Because I live in Dallas, but, you know, I could live anywhere in the country and I'll always be able to watch probably all 16 of the Dallas Cowboy games, though it makes me sick to my stomach. While, you know, maybe you get lucky if you get to watch one Bills game on TV. And uh, I'm, I'm... you know, I share the frustration. I, 
you know, it was funny watching, you know, Buffalo sports anchors showing Stefan Gilmore getting burned, but uh, I have no problem with what Stefan Gilmore had to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he could have said it differently. The way he put it made it very derogatory, but however, I agree. Um, and I, I don't disagree that it's a valid point being on a primetime team like the Patriots or the Cowboys gets you a more public view. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is that, to be honest with you, I, I think it's a weird reason to lead a team like, yeah, no, I'm going to be able to get seen on TV now. Like, all right, I, I get it because you want the publicity, but like... He left the I, team because he's going to win a Super Bowl. That's why he Yeah, to- well, and he got paid $14 million, which is... I, 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 I personally think that Belichick knows Brady's going to be done in a year or two, and so he's basically just doing a full-court press to win a couple more Super Bowls before he's done because it, it just this offseason for the Patriots has been so unlike Belichick. The widespread aggressive talent acquisition has been so unlike uh, what Belichick's ever done. All right. This is going to be bleep, but I'll just say it here that, you know, praying for someone's death is a sin. Uh, praying for someone to get hurt is a sin. Praying for someone's retirement is completely fine, and I pray probably more than I should. I should probably pray for other things, but I pray for Brady's retirement. I pray for Bill Belichick's retirement because there's going to be, you know, it's going to be tough to ever even fathom within this division when those two are even mentioned in the conversation. Completely agree, Brad. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Alex, it's been far too long, but uh, thanks again. So glad to catch up tonight here. Yeah, glad to be with you, Brad. Make sure you join us here. Uh, tweet us on, or tweet us here, yep, uh, at Bill's Bruiser, at Sane Alex Jones here. Of course, read all our work here at buffalodown.com. For Alex Jones, I'm Brad the Bruiser, Icorn. Go Bills! This has been the buffalodown.com podcast, part of the Fan Sided Sports Network. An R Street Media production.